What's going on, FA Nation? Welcome back. This is Dan Mayo, joined as always by the uh, three-time FSWA NASCAR Writer of the Year, Matt Sells, previewing the 2023 NASCAR season and taking a look at Sunday's uh, Bush Clash. Uh, Matt, how you doing? How was the offseason for you? It's very exciting to get back talking NASCAR. It is very exciting to have NASCAR back on the docket. Um, we have successfully passed through the two months that we don't have NASCAR, because obviously only January and December are the only two months that don't have it on the schedule. So I am quite happy that NASCAR is back. Uh, we get to talk racing uh, and guys making left and occasional right turns. Um, and as befitting uh, the occasion, I am actually wearing the Ross Chastain Hall the Wall <laughs> shirt that I bought, uh, which now is never going to happen again because they made it uh, illegal with the uh, the offseason. So it's very exciting to have NASCAR back. We've got DFS uh, coverage coming all season. And uh, so, yeah, with this pod, we figured we would preview the season, kind of preview some of the rules changes, uh, the content we'll have for you this year, and then break down the clash a little bit. Awesome. All right. Well, let's just kind of dive in uh i mean do we want to talk about our schedule and what we're delivering this year or are we because i mean i know we still have some things that are in flux we do have the main thing that's in flux is trying to figure out exactly when the podcast will come out obviously this week is a different kind of week um but we are toying with the idea of having a saturday podcast basically right after practice and qualifying for the cup series um so that it is more informed than a midweek preview um, or simply changing it up so that the midweek preview lasts all week and doesn't talk specifics. Um, but other than that, we have uh, playbooks coming for the truck series, Xfinity series and cup series every race weekend. Um, <coughs> covered by Dan over here and I will fill in when necessary. Um, and then I'll take the cup playbooks if that wasn't clear. Um, <laughs> and then we are going back to core plays this year as opposed to the example lineups. We felt like it was a better breakdown of the field, uh, better. We think through things that way. Typically, we don't necessarily build based off lineups. We're building off of core plays. So it fits more of our style of putting together uh, our own plays. So we're going to give that to you guys for trucks, Xfinity and Cup Series every race weekend. Um. And then, you know, we'll have cut projections back. The lineup generator is back again for this year. Uh, anything else? I will have betting pieces for Cup Series over on PixWise for free every race weekend. Those will be off Fridays for race weekends. Um, and F1 betting on PixWise. But I don't believe that we will have F1 DFS this year. Um, it just Did you like it last year? I hated it. I mean, I watched. Look, I'm still going to watch the races. I no, like I am too. Races. I just have uh, no interest in the DFS aspect. The scoring was not great. It basically limited you to half the already short field. Um, timing of the races was obviously a little nuts from week to week because, like, three quarters of the races are in <clears throat> Europe, Asia. Um, and they're one and by now. Step. There's two month. Now there's two separate month long breaks in the F1 schedule for this year because they got rid of the Chinese Grand Prix and didn't replace it with anything. So there's like a month off after the first like four races, and then they take their summer break in August. So 
just not great um, for coverage and consistent um, views. So uh, we'll still have the Discord channel. If anybody wants to ask questions, I can answer them, but there's not going to be written content for F1 DFS this year. Uh, <coughs> but there will be betting picks over on PicksWise. So that's what it's looking like. Um, we're cutting down on the videos and whatnot. So you'll still get the podcast, the playbook, and the core plays and projections uh, this year for NASCAR all three series. Awesome. All right, let's dig in. Um, <clears throat> we're going to do a little bit of an off-season recap. Uh, I guess I'll pull up my truck notes. I'll be quick with – try to be quick with truck and Xfinity. Um, for my truck and Xfinity playbooks that will be out in two weeks for Daytona, I do have a written-up lengthy article for each. I've done the truck one. I haven't done Xfinity yet. Um, but a big move, obviously – for the truck series is going to be Kyle Busch Motorsports uh, transitioning from a Toyota team to a Chevrolet team. Uh, this obviously comes because he joined Richard Childress Racing, and that is a Chevy team. So by default, <clears throat> Kyle Busch's rides are now Chevys. So this obviously changes things up. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek is gone. He got bumped up to Xfinity. He is going to be racing for Joe Gibbs Racing. It's going to be a very good car for him. Uh, Corey Heim was on a part-time schedule last year, but did manage two wins uh, and a handful of top fives. One of the better drivers in the series. He is with a new team. Uh, so really, the two names that are going to be occupying uh, the Cobblish Motorsports car trucks are going to be mostly Chase Purdy, who was with Hattori Racing Enterprises last year. Did okay in that equipment, had some good runs. Uh, but then the other is Jack Wood, who I don't know how he landed a Kyle Busch Motorsports truck. It's not going to be a full-time schedule. He's going to have to share the 51 truck with whenever Kyle Busch actually wants to get behind the wheel. Um, but Jack Wood must have a ton of sponsorship or something because he was he was terrible. I think he was with uh, GMS Racing previously. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, KBM is going to have an aff affiliation with Rev Racing. Nick Sanchez will be driving the two truck for that team. Um, David Gilliland Racing, or formerly known as uh, DGR Crossley, I think, uh, they are now known as Tricon Garage. Uh, Haley Deegan is no longer with the team, but the Taylor Gray, Tanner Gray, Corey Heim finds uh, Tricon. Uh, Dean Thompson comes over from Nice Motorsports to drive for Tricon. Uh, <clears throat> and then William Sawalich will get a few races in 2023 as well. Uh, Thor Sport is mostly the same, although Haley Deegan does get the 13 truck. It's a pretty significant upgrade in equipment for her. Uh, GMS Racing looks very different. Grant Infinger returns for 2023. He'll be in the 23 truck full-time. Raja Karuth takes over the 24. That was vacated by Jack Wood. And Daniel Dye is being promoted from ARCA. Uh, I don't think he had any wins last year, but he did, he did get a handful of top fives. <clears throat> um, that's most of the big... Uh, news that we got. Uh, Tyler Ankrum is now the only uh, driver left at Hattori Racing. Colby Howard did indicate in the offseason that he had a full-time ride with a new team. I think he might have been lying because uh, it doesn't sound like he has a ride at all. Um, Lane Riggs uh, had some really solid runs with Hallmark Friesen Racing for 2020, uh, 2022. Ran a couple races last year. Looked pretty impressive on some. Uh, he's set to run more races this year. Stuart Friesen did say that if he could get a full-time uh, sponsorship, he'd go full-time in the schedule. Doesn't seem like that's come to fruition yet. And Timmy and Tyler Hill are going to reduce Hill Motorsports to just one truck, and they will split time in that ride. And then as far as the schedule goes, 
the truck series loses Sonoma and Knoxville, which was a dirt race. Uh, but they do get uh, North Wilkesboro during All-Star Race Weekend. Uh, and they are also adding the Midway, the Milwaukee Mile back to the schedule. Which is fantastic. Uh, so <clears throat> for Xfinity, I haven't done the write-up yet, so I apologize. But it's, it's just not going to be as informed as the last one. Um, as I mentioned previously, uh, John Hunter Nemechek will be driving for JGR. Uh, gone are AJ Allmendinger, Ty Gibbs, Noah Gragson, three of the best drivers in the series last year. Um, Matt, I might need help with this one because I'm not as <clears throat> trying to pull up some kind of preview. Um, yeah, so there's, there's quite a few changes, I guess, with, in terms of the top drivers, uh, going out there. Um, I will say that the number two, our motorsports, uh, Chevy team has no driver announced for that, but that's a secondary car. It's not the number two, it's the number O2. So be very careful. It's not the Richard Childress one. Um, but yeah, they, they, you know, it's going to make for a very interesting DFS season because you have a lot of um, the key guys are mm -hmm. not <laughs> not back. Um, I mean, JR Motorsports is now uh, with Noel Gregson gone. It looks like it's going to be a three-car team full-time, and they will have, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I'm sure they'll have a part-time ride. I mean, Dale Earnhardt Jr. is going to run, but uh, Josh Berry is back. Justin Allgaier, who's a staple there, he's back as well. Sam Mayer will run a full-time uh, car once again as well. JGR is essentially just reducing to two cars, but I imagine that they will also have a part-time car. Um, also, I can't believe I forgot this. Brandon Jones is leading is leaving Joe Gibbs yeah. Racing to go to Junior Motorsports. He will take over Noah Gragson's nine car. The truck uh, J JGR for Xfinity will be comprised mostly of John Hunter Nemechek, who we've already discussed, uh, as well as Sammy Smith, who had some decent runs last year for Xfinity. <clears throat> um, AJ Allmendinger for College Racing. He is now full-time at the cup level. Landon Castle, I believe, was let go uh, because he couldn't find any funding or sponsors. Uh, but College kind of makes up with it with Chandler Smith, who gets the bump up from the truck series, and they will... Um... Yeah, I think Justin Haley is going to do a part-time... Xfinity schedule. Just to get more practice and everything? I guess. He's listed, if you go to Jayski, he's listed under the number 10 under Landon Castle, who couldn't come up with <clears throat> um, sponsorship. But, um, so I, I think that Castle won't be running full-time, but he'll be there part-time. Um, I'm checking their, their team site right now just to... And then you got Hemrick in the 11. Daniel Hemrick, yeah. Oh, God, he was terrible last year. Yeah, so you got Chandler Smith coming up in the 16. Um, so Joe Gibbs, the 19 for Joe Gibbs is going to be split between Ryan Truex, Joe Graff, and Connor Mosak. I don't know how Joe Graff got that ride on a part-time. I, I don't either, apparently. I'm sure he'd love to be full-time, but even getting five races, like you're Joe Graff and you're getting you're getting yeah. five races in a Joe Gibbs racing car. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, and John Hunter Nemechek in the 20. Um, and then, yeah, Connor Mozak is also going to run for Sam Hunt Racing as well. Yeah, I heard he's doing about 20 races, so. 
So, yeah, you also have Tyler Reddick doing a part-time schedule there, too, and Parker Chase. Uh, Brett Moffitt is in the 25 car. So, good for him. We did kind of skip over two big teams. Yes. Uh, SHR expanding to two cars this year. Cole Custer is out of the 41 Cup car. He's going back to the Xfinity Series. He will be, I think, in the double zero, I think is what they're going to roll. Um. Custer's going to be a massive threat. He is pretty. I mean, as Almondinger, Gregson, and Gibbs leave, and Custer comes back down, it's almost like you kind of have to pencil him in for maybe at least six wins. Yeah, probably. Um, uh, I believe Riley Herbst is still there in the '98. I can't see why he would go anywhere. He's got sponsorship and, and funding. Uh, but another one, big one, is Big Machine Racing. Got their first win last year when Tyler Reddick uh, came in at Texas. Um. <clears throat> Nick Sanchez had some good runs there as well. Uh, but their choice for the full-time car is actually Parker Kligerman, who has got to be one of the, like, the good stories in NASCAR just because yes. you know he, he won a truck race last year, a road course, on a part-time team that only had like one full-time employee and then just like seven other guys that were just kind of helping out on a part-time basis. Um, but Kligerman is their guy. Uh, pretty good car. Um, I did hear that Jade Buford was going to run a second big machine car. I don't know if it's full-time, though. I think that news literally broke as we were starting to record. Yeah, I'm not sure it's full-time either. Um, I think it's probably select. Um, select races. Um, but, yes, Riley Herbst is at the 98. Uh, Jeffrey Earnhardt's in the 44 for Alpha Prime Racing. Ryan I still Nelson. think that team is better than they performed last year. I would agree. Um, he's going to run a full schedule. Uh, Ryan Ellis is in the 43 for Alpha Prime. <clears throat> so uh, Sage Karam and Stefan Parsons are also, I think, running part-time schedules. Yeah, I feel like the Xfinity Series this year has like way less full-time drivers in it. Um, and a lot of... <clears throat> Part time folks, Jeb Burton is going to be in the 27 for Jordan Anderson Racing. Um, so, and I also feel like the Xfinity grid is obviously still coming together as we just got news like <laughs> 10 minutes ago. Oh, about Jade Buford? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think, you know, Junior Motorsports is in a very good position given who, like, Yes, they lost Graxon, but they're filling in with – they still have a very solid lineup. Uh, Colleague is still pretty good there with – you know, Chandler Smith should be pretty decent in that car. Daniel Hemrick was not great last year, but hopefully can improve. And getting, you know, a combination of Landon Castle and Justin Haley on a part-time basis should be okay for the 10 car. Um, but it's going to be very interesting for DFS, let's put it that way. Um, so the Xfinity schedule is going to continue running road courses. Uh, they run a ton of road courses. Yes. Um, they are adding Sonoma to the schedule. I think it's the first time that they're there. <clears throat> and they're also doing the Chicago street course. How do you think that one's going to play out? I don't know. I'm, I'm like all of the videos and simulations I see. I don't see a whole lot of passing spots. Yeah. Like, I think they're going to have to get creative with how they pass, and I'm not sure that that's going to happen. Uh, I think the first several laps of that race are going to be pretty boring as guys try to figure out 
um, how it's racing in uh, you know race configuration, so to speak, or with a bunch of other cars on the track next to them on like practice. Um, I'm not all that thrilled about it. I think there's some other layouts they could have they could have done that would have induced a little bit more passing zones. I just don't think the straightaways are quite long <clears> enough to get, like toes and and stuff heading into corners, and then the corners mm-hmm. that they do head into are pretty tight. Um, if people remember the the um, questions about the Miami F1 race, um, I think it's going to play out like that where you're going to have to get very creative with how you pass people on the Chicago street course. Um, Road America will go back to being the standalone showcase uh, <clears throat> for the Xfinity drivers. Uh, kind of a shame because I actually didn't hate uh, when the Cup Series got some time there as well. Um, yeah. But let's turn our attention. Thank you for helping me <laughs> struggle through the Xfinity Series updates. Uh, but let's focus on Cup. What what are the uh, driver changes, team changes, manufacturer changes, schedule changes laid on us? So the the key, let's start with the guys who are leaving. Kurt Busch is the biggest name uh, stepping out of the sport. He steps away from full time. I don't know if he'll get some one-off races or if he's just going to kind of hang out and be an advisor or what exactly his role is. I've seen some some shots of him like at the team garage still uh, with with 2311 uh, helping Tyler Reddick get situated and stuff. Um, but yeah, so Tyler Reddick moves from RCR to 2311 with a chip on his shoulder after getting kicked out of the eight car. Um in what was a very good year for him. Uh, That leads to Kyle Busch, who takes over the eight car, moving from JGR to Richard Childress in the eight car to team up with Austin Dillon, who's still in the three car. Um, AJ Allmendinger moves up to full-time for college racing in the 16, so that's going to be fantastic because he's just been so good. He needs a full-time ride, and the college machines were pretty quick last year so putting a guy like Almendinger in the 16 full-time should be pretty fun to watch on a weekly basis the i'm guy, still kind of surprised he even agreed to come back to a full-time cup schedule yeah i mean i think look the difference between an xfinity schedule and a cup schedule isn't that big right they're running <clears throat> what 30 xfinity races roughly it, in a season, something yeah. to that effect, between 28 and 32, somewhere in there. And they're running 36 cup races. So it's not like you're getting all that much more off weekends. Um, and now that there's, you know, six or seven road courses in a cup schedule, it gives them a lot more chances to win several races a year in a cup car. Um, we saw what he did at, you know, almost winning at Coda last year before being run off the track with like four turns to go um ty gibbs replaces kyle bush and no he will not be running the 18 he'll be running the 54 so there'll be no 18 on the track here for the cup series which will take some getting used to um ty dillon got a job with uh, spire motorsports he moves from petty gms the 42 car gets removed from that in favor of noah Craxon, which i can't really blame uh, formerly Petty GMS is this now what Legends Motorsports or something? Uh, Legacy Motorsports Club. I actually kind of like it. I think it's kind of classy. It's just Legacy MC. 
Yeah, I would have gone. With you seven. don't like. I think we're indifferent about it. I would have gone with seven-time ring. <clears throat> me. I mean, you've got two of the three seven-time champions owning the team. Why not go with seven-time? Um, you're also in car. Like, I don't know. Their numbers just matched. Um, but Ty Dillon moves from the 42 to the 77 of Spire Motorsports. So Spire will be a two-car team this year, full-time with Corey LaJoy and Ty Dillon in that garage. Uh, Gregson moves up. Watch on Super what was that? Uh, that Spire team is going to be pretty exciting to watch on Super Speedways. Yeah, I think so, too. I think I, <clears throat> I actually think it's a nice move for Ty Dillon um, going from the team that clearly he was the second car into a team where he's mm-hmm. probably on even footing. I think that's that's a pretty nice move for him. Uh, Gregson moves up from the Xfinity Series to the 42 um, to be teammates with um, Eric Jones in the 43. Um, Ryan Priest is back. He replaces Cole Custer in the 41 car. Priest, Priest was their reserve driver all of last year, so he's had time in the simulator in these setups uh, in the next-gen car. Obviously not on track, but the simulators nowadays are pretty danged good to the point where teams are barely doing setup changes when they get to the track. Um, and Josh Balicki is going to drive a partial schedule for the 78 live fast team. That's usually got BJ McLeod in it. Um, Jimmy Johnson joined the ownership group for legacy motor sports club, whatever it's called. It's going to take some getting used to, and don't be surprised if I write petty GMS in there a couple of times <laughs> early in the season. Um, did you hear Denny Hamlin's comments on uh, Jimmy Johnson? I don't think I did, actually. Um, <clears throat> I heard his he, comments on not liking that they didn't have practice before qualifying for Daytona. Here's what Denny said about Jimmy Johnson returning uh, on a five-race schedule. I can't believe he's this upset about it. But he said, I hate it. I hate that he's coming back. Just because as the guy you know, I just put on this pedestal like he's unbeatable. He's just a super talented, like he was, like he was the guy. And I always said I hated, I hate that I raced in the Jimmy Johnson era. I was so unfortunate. Wah wah. Like, yeah, let's feel bad for Denny Hamlin. He continues. How many championships would I have if I didn't have to race against him? I guess I don't know what the motivation is for him because he's got such a strong legacy and a strong resume. Uh, I hate tainting what I'm going to think about him if he comes in and struggles, which is the most likely scenario. I have no disagreement with him in that Johnson's likely going to struggle in the car, especially if he's only running five races. But can you believe that he's this adamant about somebody else coming in who's not going to compete for a championship? But, like, is this just Demi be- Denny being a grumpy jerk? It's him playing the heel. Yeah. Like, he's, a, he's adopted this role of being the heel, um, and he's playing it. To a T. I I don't get it either. Like, boo-hoo, how many championships would you have? I mean, Harold Edwards would have had a championship if Jimmy Johnson didn't exist. That guy doesn't have any. I I, I don't know why he's complaining about a guy coming. Like, guys, yeah, he's won the Daytona 500 gonna, three times and he's complaining. Like, is it going to change his legacy? Okay, maybe. But, like, so did his suckage in the IndyCar series. Like, he wants to drive. Like, let him drive. Yeah. Like, he owns a team. He can drive. You own a team. You drive for another team. Like, what? <clears throat> like, what are we talking about here? 
Like it's just it's just bizarre. Um, in terms of the cup schedule, a lot of it stayed the same. I have to say, um, there's still only one off weekend. It's going to be Father's Day weekend, uh, which is June 19th. So we are racing from February 5th, which is the clash. Then there's the off week for the Super Bowl. Then Daytona 500 is the 19th. We race straight through all the way through June 11th, which is Sonoma. Uh, then there's the off week. And then it's and then we get the run from June 25th all the way to November 5th, uh, straight through. <clears throat> Uh, that's, Early. that's on NBC's coverage. So, um, they have added the Chicago street course. They took out road America, which is a bummer. Cause I really like <clears throat> road America. Um, but aside from that, I don't really think there's really, I mean, they added North Wilkesboro for the all-star race, which is great because Texas sucked. Um, unfortunately, Texas still has an actual points paying race. <laughs> uh, hopefully that goes away soon. Um, but yeah, I think most of it has basically stayed, stayed the same. Um, they may have switched up a little bit of the playoff rounds. Um, if I remember correctly, um, but yeah, the championship is still in Phoenix, which I would also dearly love for it to go back to Homestead um, or rotate it if they're going to do the rotation thing. But um, aside from that, there's not really anything else I can complain about with the schedule. Um, what about the rule changes? The rule changes, I actually like all of them. Um, so if you did not hear, they are getting rid of stage breaks at road courses. Uh, for everything, I think, except for the standalone Xfinity and truck um, races, if I read it correctly. Um, but, yeah, so no stage breaks. Um, I think you will still – well, let me put it this way. They still get stage points at the determined stage deal, uh, but there's no caution. So they're not going to stop the race for the stage breaks. Um, which is nice. So that should change a little bit of strategy for DFS. They, a little bit other, they're still tweaking some of the, um, car setups. Like I saw them testing like a two and a half inch spoiler. I think the other day, um, there's wet tires now for several of the short tracks and road courses. Um, there's a, you know, wiper. So uh, most of it is, is, technical um you cannot do the hall at the wall move anymore they they got rid of that because it's a safety thing for sure um no more four race suspensions if your tire falls off by the way um, so that's a that's a pretty nice one if the wheel breaks free outside of pit road the new rule guidelines mandate a two-lap penalty plus a two-race suspension for two crew members but they get to pick which crew members um and if it's on um, pit road, I don't think there's actually <clears throat> any. Um, it's basically a, a pass-through penalty under green flag conditions if it falls off on pit road. Um, so, and if it uh, and if it occurs during a caution, then it's just a tail end of the field penalty. So they've drastically oh, reduced okay. the penalty for a wheel falling off, which is nice because with only one lug nut, it happens way more often. <laughs> it's going to happen. Um, they have added choose rules 
to super speedways and Bristol dirt as well. So the whole choose cone where they get to choose where they line up on a research, they've added that to super speedways and uh, dirt tracks. And yes, super speedways includes Atlanta. Um, so that could be pretty interesting for restarts there. Cause it used to be, you just lined up based on your, you know, evens and odds, but now you get to choose where you want. So I don't have any single um, problem with any of those. Um, we still get same day qualifying and practice for the cup series, typically bef- the day before the race. So it's going to be again, an abbreviated schedule. Uh, I want to dive into the clash. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's anything else we can uh, talk about for for off season stuff. I know typically we will yeah. get to the race breakdowns a lot sooner in these podcasts. Um, it's just the first one of the year has all of the changes and stuff. All right, uh, the clash at the Coliseum. NASCAR goes back for another year. Uh, I think it was a nice success last year. Oh, it was fantastic. <clears throat> Um, let's go over the schedule in the format. How is it all shaking out? Like, are they, they're getting practice, uh, what Saturday, I believe. Yeah, they get the cup. Yeah. They get practice on Saturday practice and qualifying are on Saturday actually. So, um, there are three groups for practice on Saturday. It starts 6 PM Eastern, um, on Saturday, February 4th, it's going to be on FS1 for TV. Qualifying is at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, also on FS1 on Saturday. But the qualifying is only for, like, uh, I think the front row and heat races. Because then they break mm-hmm. you down and they do heat races um, on Sunday, starting at 5 p.m. Eastern on Fox. And those are going to be very, very short. Like, they're only going to take, like, 15 minutes. Because, again, it's a quarter-mile track built on the football field on the L.A. Coliseum. So it doesn't take very much time to to go turn a bunch of laps here. So they're going to have four qualifying heat races um, from 5 Eastern on Saturday to – or, sorry, on Sunday uh, with the last one ending about 6 Eastern or so. And then you have the last chance qualifying races for the guys that didn't make it through the, the – uh qualifying heats they get two chances to make it there um before the actual race gets underway at 8 p.m eastern on fox so it should be fun in prime time it's a star-studded event bright lights they've been promoting this thing like nobody's business on their uh nfl playoff coverage so it should be it should be fun um it does make it a little tricky for DFS, so there will not necessarily be a full DFS write-up. I will probably have some of my favorite plays that are kind of locked in, um, but I'll be around in Discord to answer any questions uh, folks might have. But it is it is a unique event in terms of DFS um, for how they set the field and, and whatnot. Yeah, I'm only doing five lineups on DraftKings, and I'm sure I'll probably make five on FanDuel. I think they... They just opened their uh, pricing and contest yep. as we like were starting 10 to record. minutes before we started recording this podcast on uh, yep. Thursday morning. <clears throat> All right. Uh, you just want to get down to DraftKings and FanDuel pricing? Yeah, let's uh, – I will start to pull those up there. Um, That's fine. Uh, Joey Logano, uh, the – does it feel like Joey Logano really deserved the championship last year, in your opinion? Um, 
It feels like because I remember Phoenix being such a, like an underwhelming race, and I'm just like, eh. yeah, Logano wins, but it just, it just it just didn't feel like when Kyle Larson won or when Chase Elliott won. Like, you know, he well, won a couple part races. Part of that year. is because some of the championship guys had um, issues, right? Like Chase got wrecked out early, so he was never a factor. Um, a couple other guys seem to get stuck a little bit. Like, Ross Chastain got stuck back in the pack a little bit more mm-hmm. than we thought he was going to. Um, I mean, he – look, he did what he needed to do in the championship race. There's a lot of discussion as to whether or not the championship race sh- should actually be a series of races, like three races. Um, so you extend the playoffs to 12 races, and then you have cutoffs after each three, and then the championship round is four guys in three races. and. Mm-hmm. And whatnot, and I can't say I disagree, but then what's to stop you from going back to points and that whole can of worms? So, uh, look, I don't know. He was sneaky consistent all season. Like, if you if you look at his actual speed ratings and whatnot, he was consistently one of the better cars all season. Did he always get us the results we wanted? No, but he was reason consistent which is why he was there so i i don't i don't know that i have a problem with uh him being <clears throat> deemed the champion last year well he is ten thousand two hundred for the clash he's the most expensive driver on DraftKings. he's the third most expensive on fanduel at well i guess he's tied for second most expensive on fanduel um <clears throat> he has twelve thousand five hundred over there Realistically, you know, because this is such a unique track, it's it's very short. It's only a quarter mile. Are we? Do we just want to continue? I mean, Logano won the Clash last year on the same track. Are we mostly just looking at as going to be drive very well on these short flat tracks? Um, <clears throat> we don't know the qualifying order. We don't know who is even going to win the race. So, I mean, among this massive player pool that you look at on DraftKings and FanDuel, a lot of these guys aren't even going to be in the race. Right. Um, but do we think Logano is just going to be incredibly popular based, you know, he's coming off the championship and he won this race a year ago. Yeah. He'll, he'll probably be pretty, pretty popular. I mean, guys who typically do well on short flat tracks, um, should be reasonably, uh, popular plays. Um, you know, so that brings in Eric Amarola, Chase Briscoe is a sneaky guy to look at for sure. We'll get to him in a minute. Logano having won it last year, um, <clears throat> obviously going to be popular, but look, there's, there's not necessarily a guarantee that he makes it right. Like right. there's 27 drivers who are going to advance to the main feature, but I'm not sure that any one of these guys is specifically locked in just yet. I think they still have to qualify like they normally like they normally would um, rather than what we've seen in the Clash in the past, where if you won last year or you were a pole sitter last year or you previously won the Clash, uh, or if that didn't get you in, you won a Most Popular Driver Award and you, you know, hadn't qualified yet, then you were in. That's how they previously set the clash. Now I'm pretty sure that nobody's actually locked in. You actually have to physically qualify, you know, like showing up to a dirt race weekend and winning your your, your heats. heats to make the A main. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, he would be he would be popular. Look, there's been talk that the that the pricing is soft. Yeah, of course, it's a weird race, man. Like you expect it to be the hardest pricing of the season when nobody has any clue as to who's going <laughs> to actually make the race. Like and, Kevin Harvick is seventy eight hundred, Danny Ham one's eighty six. <laughs> I mean, like sure, it's soft, but Trex is seventy three. <laughs> it's a weird it's a weird race. Like yeah. where's like Kyle Bush is ninety one hundred in a brand new car, yet like Tyler Reddick is eighty one hundred. Like it's a we like Ty Gibbs Kislowski is makes an appearance at eighty. Joe Gibbs like, car. Like Kislowski is is back up to above Truex. Like like, like <laughs> yeah, I don't weird. know. It's weird pricing for sure. <clears throat> Again, we like the general strategy here is you just want the guys that are going to finish highly because we're not we're not necessarily hunting laps. I don't think there's really enough in laps led to make a huge difference. Like, you know, uh, how many laps is it? One fifty. I mean, Logano last year won it. Had twenty laps led in thirty five, or sorry, twenty fastest laps in thirty five laps led. Went from fourth to first. And won it, and that was good for sixty-six DK points. So, you know, there there's a shot that you can get some decent ones. But heck, even Chase going from fifteenth to eleventh and having five fastest laps got him thirty-eight points. So, the scoring is going to be a little wonky this week too. Yeah. So there's a hundred and five dominator points available. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure only green flag laps count. <clears throat> In this one, so probably keep that in mind. Keep that in mind too. But again, even like the last place dude is finishing twenty seventh, so you're still going to get like some points from a guy. Um. All right. So on DraftKings, there are six drivers that are priced above nine thousand um, dollars. From top to bottom, it's Joey Logano, Chase Elliott, Christopher Bell, Kyle Larson. Ryan Blaney, Kyle Busch at 9,100 <clears throat> in his debut in the eight car. Um, who would you feel best about just no context on this track? So probably Logano since he won. I'm actually going Kyle Busch. That's insane. I mean, he was very good at this track last year. Granted, it was GGR car, but this eight car was fast as heck for Tyler Reddick basically every week. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> so, um, I mean, what did Reddick... Reddick still led. I mean, Reddick led 51 laps in this eight car last year in the clash. And he wrecked, I right? Had 64 in a JGR car. So, and he's out to prove a point this year. I think, I think Kyle Busch is about to have just an ungodly year. Uh, four drivers on DraftKings priced in the 8K range. That seems so strange. Range this pricing is so weird. It Ross Chastain weird. is 8,900. Denny Hamlin is 86. William Byron, 84. And Tyler Reddick, 81. Let's just throw Kevin Harvick into this grouping as well. He's 7,800. <clears throat> um, I mean, we can probably feel pretty good about Reddick. I imagine he's going to be a popular guy as well. Um, William Byron, I feel like, is, is going to be one that probably gets overlooked. Um, started this race last year 7th, finished 6th, had four fastest laps. 
which was good for 41 points on DraftKings. And overall, he had a very weird stretch where it's like he won two races. He was firmly locked into the playoffs. uh, And then they kind of like just experimented with his car the rest of the year until the playoffs when he got hot again with just a few top tens and flirted with some top fives as well. Didn't make the championship race, but he still had some very strong performances. Um, I feel like just on name recognition and people are, I just think like of these five drivers, we, we potentially get William Byron at uh, an ownership discount. I agree. Out of those five that you just listed, like I think Chastain or Reddick are going to be the most popular um, of that group. Then I think it'll be Hamlin probably then Harvick because it's his last year and people want to play him. And there's narrative there that he'll find speed again. Um, but I don't think anybody's going to pay attention to William William Byron, who was solid in this race last year, was very good on short tracks for much of the year last year. Mm-hmm. And like you said, like he won two races early and they were like, OK, we're going to go use you as a guinea pig. <laughs> OK, fine. And then all of a sudden. When you and I started playing him again in the playoffs and he took off, uh, people started to pay attention to him again. But I don't, uh, I, I don't think anybody's going to pay attention to him at the Clash at this price point. And by the way, on FanDuel, he's like, he's not even, he's, yeah, he's, he's like. 11,000. Are we talking about Byron still? Yeah. He's 11,000 on FanDuel. Yeah, he's the eighth most expensive guy, and the third most expensive um, Hendrick guy because Larson and Elliott are both tied at 13K on FanDuel for the most expensive. It's crazy how, and I'm kind of going off track right here, but it's crazy how the two sites view Ty Gibbs very differently because he's 5,300 on DraftKings, but he's only 9,000. Well, I can't say only 9,000 on FanDuel, but he's 9,000 on FanDuel, which is just beneath the price of the average driver on FanDuel, but like right. 5300 is just such a massive discount for Joe Gibbs racing equipment. I mean, yeah, that's <clears throat> he's going to be the most played guy, probably. Um, all right, now, we'll here's, back now here's my question though with Ty Gibbs Are you playing like we saw what happened with the rookie with the fast rookies? Yep, I was just about to ask you about the this. Flash. Like, like Justin Haley showed up and was fast as all get out in the college car and got shoved out of the way in the main race. Like he Mm -hmm. wasn't anybody. And he came up with a squeaky clean record. Ty Gibbs does not have a squeaky clean record (laughs) at all in the least. So not to mention Noah Gregson, who he's had run-ins with, is also competing for this race and in the Cup Series. Yes. So, are we? Are you willing to take the chance on Ty Gibbs, or are you going to avoid what most people would probably believe him to be a chalk play at fifty-three hundred as a saver? Like, I, I don't know how I sit on the Ty Gibbs thing knowing he could spend most of his race getting just eaten alive i just think that pricing is so soft like initially when i saw it i thought man he's going to be very popular at that price tag but like we've said the pricing is so soft across the board that i think that's the one reason i don't think he's going to be as chalky as we think 
because you don't necessarily need Ty Gibbs in your lineup. Um, now, when you plug him in, you have about $9,000 left to spend on the remaining five drivers on DraftKings. Um, but again, we're seeing discounted price tags on drivers like Martin Truex Jr., uh, Chase Briscoe's only 71, Alex Bowman's 6,900, nice. Um, Bubba Wallace is 67, but this isn't a track that I want to play Bubba Wallace at. Um, but Chris Buescher came on very strong last year, and uh, RFK Racing got better as the year progressed. Um, but there are just so much, like Ryan Priest and Eric Almarola are two guys in SHR equipment. SHR had a very bad year, but that's still very good equipment. I mean, even AJ Allmendinger's 58. Uh, Austin yeah, Dillon. Eric Jones at 63 is pretty interesting given how he raced. <clears throat> yeah, and so last year. do I think Ty probably has elevated ownership? Yes, I don't think it's going to be ridiculously high, though, because the pricing is just so soft on DraftKings. I mean, that's true because, like, <clears throat> I just built a lineup of Briscoe, Reddick, Byron Jones, Kyle Busch, and Logano, and I have $800 left. Yeah. Honestly, like leaving money on leaving a little bit of money on the table might be the way to go. Like, oh yeah, it's I'm got- not going to treat this like Daytona where you can leave thousands of dollars on the table. But I think you can probably build a lineup and be different if everyone else is trying to spend every dollar in their budget. Leaving between, you know, seven hundred to maybe like twelve hundred dollars might be a contrarian way to go, and you can still feel really good about your lineup. I mean, I feel pretty good about that build. Yeah, just like sure. <laughs> I'm not saying that it's not filled with chalky guys like Logano and Kyle Busch and Reddick, but I don't think people are going to pay attention to Briscoe or Byron or Jones. So I, I don't know. I'm just torn. Like, I know that Ty Gibbs is going to be a huge talking point this week and really all Every season. It's, it's Ty Gibbs. Um, but we <clears throat> saw rookies get bullied here last year. But we've also, I guess. If I'm going to play devil's advocate, um, we've seen Ty Gibbs not give a damn about who else is on the track with him. Do you maybe think he grows a pair that he already has? We know it. But do you think maybe he could move other people out of the way? It would rub guys the wrong way to do that in your very first, uh, well, not his very first Cup Series race, but like first race of the year when you're officially like locked in as a full-time rookie. I mean, he doesn't care. who He wrecked his own teammate last year who was cruising to a win that could have qualified for the championship and he didn't care. I mean, yeah, there's that. He doesn't care, but like inciting a wreck only invites more wrecks. Right. So like, I don't know. I mean, ultimately I'm with you. I, I think it's more likely that he gets bullied as opposed to him being the bully. I agree. I think it's more, more like, okay, kid, you, this is, you haven't earned your stripes yet here. So yeah. welcome us. to the show. I mean, you know, it, it is a fair point that he had what, 10 cup races last year, 12 cup races last year. Um, cause Kurt got the concussion, I guess what, right before the, the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. And Ty was basically the fill-in almost every one of those weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, let me see. that They should say... He had only one top 10 last year. Yeah, I mean, but he had 15 races. So it's basically yeah. a half a season in the Cup Series. Um, but I think he was also under strict orders to just bring back a clean car because the car he was driving was in the 
the owner's championship because Kurt had already gotten the win. Yeah. Um, or, well, they really put him in Bubba's and switched Bubba to the 45. Yeah. But either way, I think he was just getting his feet wet and didn't really want to start anything. But I think it's full go on Ty Gibbs now this year. Um, as for the other rookie, like Noah Gragson, are you staying off of him too? Because <clears throat> we saw rookies get. Yeah, I'm not really interested in playing either in this race, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I mean, you know? I could probably, I feel pretty good in the fact that I'm assuming one of them, at least one of them, doesn't even qualify. I would agree. I would say if it's one, I, I don't know that Noah Gragson qualifies. That is who I would say probably doesn't qualify. Now, I still like him for Daytona, and I actually yes. kind of like the odds that he's getting at 50-1 to 1, uh, just to win outright. Honestly, and, and this is another side note, but Ty Dillon is 150-1 to 1 on DraftKings Sportsbook to win the Daytona 500. Uh, I might sprinkle a buck on there. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, <laughs> we've literally seen the 77 car win at Daytona before, so like... Like I'm pretty sure Justin Haley was driving that car when he won when Kurt Busch inextricably pitted. Um, but yeah, uh, so uh, look, the key to this to to doing well in the in the clash is going to be to be different. Um, setting up, you know, not not going full bore chalk, not trying to ride the chalk and say, well, if it hits, then I want a part of it because. The odds of that happening are slimmer here, just given the format and the setup and the, there's not all that many laps and it'll be over pretty quickly. Um, How many drivers ultimately do make the field? Is it like 27? 27? Yes. <clears throat> so we're looking at the play, the driver pool right now. Like a third of these guys aren't going to make it. Right. Yeah, I would say you probably need to leave money on the table to be really different. Especially if you're going to play large field GPPs, yes. Anything over probably like two to three thousand, you really need to get different. Yeah, <clears throat> sure. But it's going to be finished position, and we did see people be able to move up here. We did see some, you know, wrecks and guys not um, finished. Now a lot of it was uh, part failures that happened last year because it was the first race with a brand new yep. car, and nobody really knew what they were doing. Um, I don't suspect we'll see nearly as many of those this year, but I, I will assume that we will see a lot of bumping, you know, bumping here because a it's a quarter mile track. B these cars <clears throat> take quite a lot of abuse and keep going. Generally speaking, unless you break a toe link. Um, but yeah, I, I you're gonna have to get different. You're gonna have to leave money on the table, and. You can now. Is it a fair bet to say that the guys that are typically top fifteen every week in the Cup Series are going to make the Clash? Yes, that's pretty. That's a pretty decent bet to assume that those guys will make it. But you'll have to keep changing your lineup until about an hour before green flag because that's when the final lineups will be set. Yeah, that's really only why I'm doing five lineups. I don't want to be changing like twenty to. 50 lineups at one time yeah um and in terms of betting on this one i'd be pretty careful i mean there are bets you can place them um if you want to bet i would bet 
now before qualifying and practice gets going because odds will change and obviously um you know the, the better value is earlier in the week but with a race like this be careful that you're not going like full bore on a long shot who may not even make the field i would also say if you're gonna bet just wait two weeks and just bet daytona Betting super speedway races and high variance tracks where you can chase longer odds. That is how yes. you should approach it. Like, sure, bet a little bit this week, but I'm if you want to. I'm not saying you should. I'm driving to uh Tennessee tomorrow just to place a few like outright bets. And it's gonna be a long drive just just to place just to fuel a gambling addiction. Uh but that's my plan. I love betting. The super speedways, <clears throat> even Indy Road Course, which is a wonky road course that we've seen yeah. just get chaotic. But seriously, Daytona 500. I mean, what you hit Michael McDowell winning a couple uh, two years ago, right? Yeah, I hit McDowell at 66 to one winning. Now I will say, going into Turn Four on the final lap, it did not look like he was going to win. And then Logano and Kozlowski had their typical. But that's the, just the nature of super speedways. Right. It's what makes the the long shot so like. I also went from winning zero dollars to winning twenty five hundred dollars <throat> in DFS with that crash. So it it yeah. worked. But <laughs> you can hit um, you can hit long shots. Um, I don't remember what um, I don't remember what Cindric was going off at last year. If I had to go based on the current odds, I'd probably say because I'm looking at like Noah Gragson and I think Ty Gibbs is forty to one to win the Daytona five hundred. Gragson is fifty to one on and this is on DraftKings Sportsbook. I imagine he probably fell somewhere in that range. Yeah, I think he was about thirty five to thirty five to one. I'm trying to remember if I wrote him up or not. I I don't Travis Pastrana is a hundred to one to win. How is Ty Dillon one fifty to one to win? I mean, Travis Pastrana's not even qualified. Like he has to qualify to make it. What is JJ? Because he has he has to qualify to make it too. Jimmy Johnson is fifty to one. Yeah. I mean Um Cody Ware and BJ McLeod are five hundred to one. Okay. <clears throat> you know what? You want to get wonky? Go David Reagan at a hundred to one. I actually played a lot of Reagan last year. I think he was in the 500 last year. I played him in Castle, and Castle was, was actually a really nice value. Huh? Or LaJoy at 100 to 1. LaJoy was leading, was, was like challenging for the win at Atlanta. Yeah. Before Chase Everyone Elliott, was pulling for him, man. Before Chase Elliott put him in the wall. Um, Justin Haley at forty to one is still way too high. Like that, like I would still hit. Like, like all the dude does is win super speedways. Yeah, he went on a legendary tear in Xfinity. Like I think six straight Xfinity. He won like four or five straight. I think at one point in the Xfinity series. Yeah, just. I mean, anybody can anybody can win if you want to favor it. <clears throat> The one on Blaney is still pretty nice for a favorite, to be honest. I mean, Denny at 12 to 1, having been a three time winner, is also pretty nice. That's the other thing about speedway racing is like you're going to get favorites at way longer odds than you yeah. would for any other race. <clears throat> but so that's the uh, that's the clash. We'll be in Discord all weekend. I'll have probably some sort of 
right up, I would imagine, about more so strategy and and whatnot in a little bit. Like, it's not going to be a full playbook. There's not going to be projections for it. Uh, but I will do something just to knock the rust off the writing and get something up there. Um, but, yeah, that's, you know, and then uh, we get the Super Bowl. And then we get the Super Bowl of racing with the Daytona 500. And then we're off and going, folks. It's going to be a long season. It's going to be a fun season. Dan and I are pretty psyched about it. We feel pretty yeah. good about going back to the core plays. Uh, we have a full season worth of data with the next-gen car, so it's a, it should be uh, making us feel a little better about who we're writing up from week to week. And obviously there's still volatility. It's NASCAR. Anything can happen when you're racing at 200 miles an hour. But uh, we're feeling pretty good about this season. Oh, yeah. All right, Matt. Well, thank you so much for your time. Apologies for the uh, couple of F-bombs that I dropped. Uh, still a little bit rusty. Uh, but best of luck to you this week and best of luck to the F-A Nation.